I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I take you up close to the food revolution taking place in China and how the hero of it all, the humble potato, is a case study in gastro nationalism. She commanded the stage with her presence, dressed in a pink top, black trousers and boots. She holds the mic with elan, with the air of a seasoned performer. With her singing, she is sort of a minor national celebrity and is often seen leading a traditional style yunga dance. Well into her 50s, her age belies her enthusiasm. She was performing at the China Yangling Agricultural Fair in the Shaanxi province of China. The lyrics of her song went something like this: Good products, detoxifying, good-looking and delicious, chewy and organic. Both the industry and agriculture will grow. It will bring prosperity to your hometown. Meet Feng Xiaoyan. She is a loyal Communist Party member and insists that she should be known as Sister Potato. Yes, you heard that right, Sister Potato. The party member known for her love of the tuber. She goes on to claim that the potato has anti-oxidizing, anti-aging, and anti-cancer properties. In her enthusiasm, she even goes on to claim that potatoes will help you lose weight. Ah, <sighs> only if that were true. Meanwhile, a restauranter in Beijing is inspired by the Hollywood movie The Martian. Matt Damon's character survives by fertilizing Martian soil. With his feces, slicing up potatoes and planting the cuttings in the soil, the restauranter creates dishes around the theme of Mars. Sister Potato and the restauranter may be a few extreme cases, but their behavior is a larger reflection of China's plan to promote potato as a staple crop. It's a project of epic proportions, as it aims to change the diet of 1.5 billion Chinese in a country which has a great diversity of cuisines. This. Is the story of how rapid development, land and water use patterns, along with the traditional cultural status of the potato, is going to make this a daunting task. As China grew prosperous, its appetite for meat increased. However, more meat means higher requirement of grains to feed livestock. China's pattern of land and water use meant that 60% of groundwater is too polluted for irrigation, and 3 million hectares of farmland too contaminated to grow crops. The only option left is to rely on food exports from the U.S., which, given the strained equation between the two countries, is not a long-term solution. China needs to solve this problem for a more Confucian reason. For millennia, the ability to nourish the people, Yang Min, has been regarded as a moral imperative for Chinese rulers, and hence entered the potato. It's easy to grow, needs very limited water and fertilizer. And grows in poor soils as well. It grows in both hot and cold zones, and is currently grown in an arc from Yunnan in the southwest to Gansu in the northwest, 
across North China and into the Northeast. Sounds like a perfect solution to the food problem. Only if we understood the core of Chinese food practices. Any Chinese cuisine has two basic components. Fan or cooked drains and kai or side dishes. The fan are mostly rice, bread or noodles. The kai could be pretty much anything from meats to vegetables. The use of potatoes in kai is well established in many regional cuisines. Which is also why when McDonald's introduced French fries in China, they were a runaway success. Because it was always seen as a side dish. However, the challenge is in incorporating the potato in the fan or the staples where it hits two cultural challenges. Traditionally, the potato is seen as a foreign vegetable which is not good enough as a staple food. It is seen as a coarse grain, kuliang, compared to fine grains, ziliang, such as rice or wheat. In coastal regions, potatoes are seen by many as western food and their potential as a staple food is nearly unthinkable. The other and the larger challenge goes back yet again to the Cultural Revolution. A Chinese food historian who had grown up in rural Chongqing said that his elderly father still refused to eat potatoes as they reminded him of the poverty and hunger he had endured during his youth. Even today, people often say they were raised on maize and potatoes to indicate they had grown up in a poor, mountainous rural area. Outside of the rural areas, the potato carries the stigma of food of the poor and the underprivileged. This has stayed even though official Chinese attitude towards food itself have changed. It has moved from eating one's fill, chi bao, in the 1970s to eating well, chi hao, in the 1980s and 90s to eating for health, chi chu jiang kang, since the 2000s. Hence, the party came up with a more ingenious idea to tackle the cultural barriers. Increasingly, China eats noodles and bread made out of not wheat or rice, but made out of potato flour. And in the campaigns, as sister potatoes behavior shows, eating potatoes is implicitly and explicitly framed as an ethical patriotic act. As I delve into food in China, I discovered a concept known as gastronationalism. It is the use of food production, distribution and consumption to create and sustain the emotive power of national attachment. Food is a fundamental aspect of collective identity. And a great way to travel would be to map the story of a nation through its national foods. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YB Travel 42 on Instagram.